My name is Karen Thomas. I'm 29 years old and I'm having a quarter life crisis. Join me, my friends, as we observe, laugh, and analyze the issues that we often feel defeated by as 20 to 30 something year olds. Get ready to learn more about this evolving milestone and, most importantly, how to embrace the quarter life crisis. Welcome back to episode two of Embracing the Quarter Life Crisis or the EQLC. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and if this is the first time you're listening in, then that's quite exciting because it means you found me, which is fabulous. If you happen to have listened to episode one, then that is twice as exciting for me because it means you're back for more. So, woohoo! Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you did tune in to episode one, you would have heard me basically introduce the whole concept of a quarter life crisis. I gave my reasoning for creating this podcast and briefly touched on some of the ideas that I want to explore in regards to not necessarily being a passive bystander within this whole process. So following on to episode two, I did mention that um, the focus was going to be on the prevalence and relevance of the catalyst. So in context of the quarter life crisis, we're talking about who or what the event, situation or person was that caused the need for change or initially just sent you a bit left of field. Now, my logic behind this particular feature was being introduced to the idea that the quarter life crisis happens in four phases five depending on who's research looking at but for all intents and purposes and for what I'm doing and talking about I'm going to go with four so first of all stage one or phase one is that feeling of being trapped or tied down by a job or a relationship or just in general your overall situation and so when I first read that information to me I just thought suffocation that's that's how I interpret that whole phase. It felt it, that feeling of I am suffocated in this whole situation and I don't like it. Phase two is where you physically and mentally disconnect from your current circumstances. And that in itself creates this massive emotional roller coaster. And I'm gonna call it out and I'm pretty much just gonna say this is the point. Well, for me personally, this is a bit where you lose your head straight up off the rails and shit gets real. That's what it is. And I suppose it depends on your personality. I think I am an extrovert. So I think if you are an extrovert, then this phase is a very dramatic phase, very dramatic indeed. And I think if you are an introvert, then this will probably play out a lot less out there as it would for Um, someone like me. Now, the significance of this stage in terms of what we're talking about today is the fact that within this hot mess, you do actually have those days where you start to entertain the idea of getting out of it. And usually for me, it would be the days where I'm probably a bit hungover and I'm feeling somewhat sorry for myself and I'm on the sofa and I'm kind of like, I'm doing this again and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, famous last words. Anyway, 
My point being that this right here, as in phase two, is where you can count on the catalyst to appear. And I suppose in a more dramatic sense, for some people, this is the point of no return. Because I feel like now I know a bit more about it and I'm reflecting back, I'm thinking, I've seen people and recognise that people were up in phase two, five years ago, and I'm still seeing, based on your social status on Facebook, you're still up in phase two now. So some people, unfortunately, you know, but those are a particular type of person, I'll be honest, they don't make it through, which is a bit mm, concerning. But alas, we're going to assume that we're not those type of people, which I believe anyone who listens to this show or is listening is someone who actually wants to make some kind of change. But I digress. So this is a phase that I want to unpick in a lot more detail. And so prior to that, I actually want to make reference to the light at the end of the tunnel. And this light presents itself as phase three and four. Now, phase three is all about the rebuild and making proactive changes to create a life that you want to live. Now, even listening to me say that, the thing that I'm most conscious about, as I even said that, um, because it almost makes it sound like, hey, presto, new life, yeah. And if there is actually anyone out there listening to this podcast and you've already recognised that you fit the bill for a quarter-life crisis, then it is you above anyone else who will know that these kind of changes are easier said than done. It takes work. The way I see it, whether it's part of a quarter life crisis or not, we've all experienced a difficult period in our lives when we know that there are things that we could do differently or actions we could take to possibly relieve some of the angst. But Unfortunately, the motivation to do so hasn't necessarily caught up with us yet. So is phase three positive? Absolutely. Are you likely to just glide on into this new life? Afraid not. The operative word within all of this is proactive. Be the change you want to see. Did you like my bit of quotespiration there? You've probably heard that before. And I'll do a feature on quotes. But anyway, we'll get back to that at some other point. Um, finally, phase four. This is where the magic happens. This is a point where you spend your time, your effort and your energy mostly on the things that you want to spend your time, your effort and your energy on. And if I've learned anything, it's when you reach this point that I do think life starts falling into place. So within the process of making your proactive changes, you will have had your own internal filter, whereby what was once you consciously making an effort to create a distraction or participate in a new hobby or learn some kind of new skill, all of which, by the way, I 150% endorse, but it gets to a point where it suddenly becomes that bit more effortless. And I think... That's because along the way, you find a genuine interest or intrigue in one of those areas. And that therefore allows you to pursue it with ease and most importantly, with enjoyment. And you actually think, I actually like what I'm doing. So I'm going to continue doing it. So if I was going to sum all of that up, 
phase one and two, I'd say is you at crisis point. And phase three and four is all about the embracing of it. Yeah, so that's how I'd like to see this show as being literally split 50-50 down the middle in terms of the, the massive issues, the catalyst, that kind of thing. And then embracing it, rebuilding this new life, going out there and making things happen. So now that you're aware that there is a silver lining and how fabulous it is, I'm going to rein you back into the dark side with that trusty unpicking of my catalyst as I'm sure some of you will be able to relate to it. So the first time round, and I did say in the last episode that I think I've actually been through this mill twice. So I've done the rounds. Thank you very much. Um, I think my catalyst the first time round was um, a combination of things. So I'm, let's see, I'm going back now to, this would have been about 2009. So I'm talking biggest catalysts, job, or job dissatisfaction, should I say, and the breakdown of a long-term relationship. And I would probably put money on the fact that those two catalysts alone is where a significant number of the quarter-life crisis stems from. That's the feeling I get. So that's where my money would be. And again, I'm not discrediting or discounting any other issues that people go through to start you off on that cycle. But those two, for me, are kind of like the mother of all catalysts. So do you remember last week when I said I had a funny story to tell you that actually wasn't that funny, but it is relevant. And it was how I got into teaching and and probably, you know, follows on from me talking about how job dissatisfaction ended up being a catalyst for me. Well, basically I was in my final year of university. I was doing my psychology degree and up until that point, I had had my heart set out on being a clinical psychologist as mental health um, was and still is an issue that is very close to my heart. Anyway, I actually changed my mind in my third year because I realized that it was going to require a good three years or more so of my time. I was basically drained out and I couldn't be asked because I just wanted to go out there and make money. So I'm in my third year. I'm pretty goalless in terms of what I'm going to move on to do. And I'm walking home with a friend of mine, Kimberly, and we're just having a conversation about what we're going to do after uni. And so she says in her very together and thought through way, oh, I'm, I'm going to take a year out and then study to be a teacher. And you know, when you think, I want that plan. <laughs> and that's exactly what I did. I basically took someone's life plan just like that. Well, actually, I say exactly I did actually forget to take the year out, decade, um, and I just actually plowed straight into it. So looking back, no wonder my initial teaching experience in those first couple of years was so dissatisfying, you know, and again, looking back, the, the moral of the story is don't be stealing other people's life plan just because you're too blase to pursue your own. That's That's my moral. And funnily enough, I was talking to, again, another another very good friend of mine, um, Angel, who we'll meet on this show. 
and she'd mentioned a very appropriate quote literally just it was actually yesterday um in recording time and her quote was tis better to live your own life imperfectly than live someone else's perfectly and i'm just going to say that again so i can let that sink in tis better to live your own life imperfectly than live someone else's perfectly and that has never been more apparent than what it was when she you know I've come across it before but when she you know when she said that to me the other day I was I was like oh my god that's totally what what I did that is what I did now needless to say I'm seven years into teaching now and if I can toot toot my own horn for a second I will say that I actually really enjoy my job as well as being pretty good at it to be honest um but yeah now moving slightly forward I've been umming and ahhing about how to approach the topic of my next catalyst as I do have to remind myself that this is um my business that I'm putting out there to the world wide web and so there's part of me that thinks oh how much is too much but then at the same time I also think there'd be absolutely no point in me doing this really if I wasn't going to be authentic and if I wasn't going to be true to myself throughout the process and so on the topic of relationship breakdowns I can assertively say that for me that catalyst and again that is going back to 2009 so same year so you can imagine what a mess it actually was but that was an event that started this huge chain reaction and if I'm honest turned my world as I knew it at that point upside down seriously you know you'll all know that once you've reached a certain age heartache heartbreak falling out of love unrequited love everything surrounding that area is most definitely a universal experience and the first time round that you go through that whoo, heavy going and it sent me into a right tis was um oof, yeah so now in retrospect the one thing that both catalysts came with was confusion in regards to whether you even felt good enough in your job there was that fear of being alone there was the anxiety you know in relation to you know who's been writing on his wall and I know you all feel that way at some point and you all do that Facebook or social media stalk and don't pretend you don't because you do um and just general crazy behavior and a heap of noise a heap of significant brain noise and had I known at the time that there was a method of trying to reduce that noise I would have been super grateful and it may not necessarily have worked but just to at least have the option would have made a mass difference on how I dealt with both of those situations 
in terms of the dissatisfaction with the job, in terms of the breakdown of a relationship. And so what is it that I'm referring to when I when I talk about an option that I feel like I know of now that I didn't know of back then is meditation. Now, I'm going to do a whole separate episode on meditation. It's something that is, it, it, I don't think it's an isolated topic. It's something that I think feeds through into a lot of the issues that I'm going to discuss Um in the future to come but just at this point now I'd I'd like to say that my experience with it just even in the last 12 months or so has taken me and continues to take me on quite quite an exciting journey and you know once upon a time I'd associate the term meditation with your hippies and your gypsy folk and it's language that is still fraught with scepticism. And I can see that if I mention it in a particular setting or around certain people, you know, when they give you the look and you think, oh, all right, I'll shush my mouth from now because you're not on that level. However, my thing these days is don't knock it until you try it. And speaking of which, if the concept of meditation is something that is completely new to you, but you're somewhat curious. The first app I remember I ever downloaded was Smiling Mind. That is Smiling Mind. And that provides you with a basic guided meditation, literally about five to 10 minutes. So it's not a huge commitment. And it's, again, if you like, just to dip your toe in the water and see what you get out of it, see what you think. I'll stress the point that a meditation is a practice. So those people who kind of sit and go, I can't meditate, I can't sit still. Well, if that's going to be your response or reaction, then the likelihood is if you even try it, then you're not going to get that far. So it's about having a bit of an open mind and giving yourself five minutes of stillness. Something that I'm I'm a big fan of these days. So yeah, try something new today. And hopefully, you never know, it might make you feel that bit better tomorrow. So, like I said last week, if any of what has been said today resonates with you, even if it's just a smidgen, please send me some feedback or questions to eqlc at outlook.com or leave me a comment at www.embracequlc.com. I am currently working on the website it's not as tidy and neat and user-friendly as what I would like it to be but I'm getting there and it will all be okay I'm sure so for more quote inspiration which again is a term that I choose to coin whether or not someone else has used it prior to me I'm claiming it you can follow me on Instagram at embracing the QLC or on Twitter at embrace the QLC so next time I want to delve deeper into the practice of meditation and mindfulness and just generally tips and advice and suggestions about how you can actually apply it to your everyday lives hashtag stop the noise so until then thank you very much for hanging out with me and I will catch y'all later bye